Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech Tzubas, finishing the eighth parak with Mishnah Ches. Moving on to the ninth parak, Parak Tes Mishnah Aleph. Says our Gemara, so we're continuing to discuss in the case of a ksuba of a yavam, which we said there are a few differences, namely that the ksuba is collected from the original brother's estate. So a person can't say to his yavam, um, here's the money for your ksuba on the table as now. I'm going to designate the money now, and then whatever was left from your brother's estate, I'm going to take for myself. You can't limit the uh, brother's property. Rather, it's all set aside. So all the brother's property is pledged to the ksuba, she's a lien on that, therefore he can't get rid of it, even if he designates the amount, appropriate amount for the ksuba. Similarly, any ksuba, a person can never say to a woman, here's your ksuba, whatever's inside, you know, whatever he's pledged, here's the money on the table, like by now when we're married, rather, rather all his properties are pledged to her ksuba, so that she can always collect the appropriate and the right amount. Grusha If a man divorces his yavam, she can only collect from her ksuba, um, and then once she collects it, the brother can now, the, uh, her the ex-husband can sell all his brother's property. Lastly, if a person marries a woman and then divorces her and then remarries her, they, they revert back to using the original ksuba. So here as well, if he remarries her before paying her ksuba, she's like all the women will, will revert back to the original ksuba. In this case, it's the original ksuba of her first husband, this her now husband's brother, and therefore she only collects from her, that the, the estate. She still only collects from the estate of her first husband. Okay, it says the Gemara. It says the mission. Excuse me. We uh, we know as we've been discussing all along the look property. That's property that he, a wife brings into the marriage, where the husband has certain rights to. Um, among the rights is he can eat the fruit and the produce of it, as well as if she dies beforehand, he's the one who inherits it. Our mission is now going to talk about what if he stipulates and says he does not want the right to this uh, property. So here, If a man writes his wife, I will have no claim with respect to your below properties, he can still eat the produce while she's still alive. The Yarshan, if she dies, uh, he still inherits it. So obviously the question is, well, if he writes, I want no claim to it, so then why does he have a claim to it? Like, why would he write that if he still gets a claim that he can eat from it and he can uh, inherit it? Same thing, So why would he write that? Because what he's doing is he's giving her the ability to sell it and or give it away, and if she does so, it's a legal standing transaction, whereas normally the properties, a woman, while a man has the rights to use it, it's and it's still... The woman's, the woman does not have the right to give it or sell it away. Here, because he wrote, I don't want to have any legal claim to it, so therefore she could, in fact, she gives her the, uh, the ability to, to in fact, sell it. But he writes, I have no legal claim or, um, with respect to your properties or their produce. He's not allowed to eat the produce, which is alive. However, when she dies, he does inherit the property from her. He disagrees. He goes, always he can eat the produce. Um, of the produce, that is, that is to say, not only is he entitled to the produce that the blue property um, produces, but let's say she, the blue property, uh, she, if um, she, she has excess produce, she sells it and buys new land with it, which has come up in the previous Mishnayos. So even that land, he can still benefit and still take the produce from that land as well. That is to say that he can't, he doesn't get, well, he's not, not absolved is the wrong word, he's not making a creating a situation where he doesn't have the rights to the produce. And 
Din Udvarm Ainli Bnasrayah Uparasain Upera Parasain Ad Olam. Unless he writes, I have no claim to your look properties, their produce, the produce of the produce, or forever. Adding the word in Olam forever, then he actually does in fact uh, make it that he can't have any rights to the produce at all. He writes, I have no legal claim to it both when you are alive and dead forever. So, not only does he not eat the produce, he also will not will not um, inherit the property if he dies. But assuming a little comes along, he disagrees. And this is actually, as we said constantly, another major Shas topic. If, he dies, if she dies, he inherits it. Why? What do you mean? He made a tonight, he stipulated he's not going to inherit. Her, uh, her property. We're of the opinion that the fact a, a husband is inherits from his wife, that's a din midaraisa. The Torah requires that. The Torah obligates that that when a wife dies, the husband is the one who automatically is the one who inherits it. And therefore, if the Torah states that a man inherits something from his wife, so we have another principle called Torah, where a person can make a tenaya stipulation against something in the Torah. A person not make a stipulation against something in the Torah, and therefore, since the Torah requires that a man inherit from his wife, or it's the das of the Torah, a man inherits something from his wife, so if he makes a tenaya against something written in the Torah, we say, tenai the stipulation is void, and the transaction, interestingly, still stands, which is, again, the most interesting part. That if I say, I will only, uh, I will only, um, you know, do, I will only sell this to you if you can uh, do something that goes against the Torah, if you eat pig, whatever it may be. So not only do you not have to eat pig, but the tonight's but the actual um, stip, the actual the actual transaction still goes through. Why that is, not for now. I wish you all a wonderful day.